listening to the Cars of Carlisle podcast, episode 30, the SEMA Apex Recap Show. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Each week, Darren and Holly bring you topics from car shows to racing to personal stories about local car nuts. This week, we take you to the SEMA and Apex Show and tell you everything you might have missed. Who was there, what was happening, and what was on display. So let's get revved up. Hello, Cubers. This is Darren coming at you. Holly is actually on assignment and on the road this week. But wanted just to touch base with you about SEMA 2018 and all that happened between the dates of October 30th and November 2nd. SEMA is, and we'll get into some of these details, one of the absolute largest automotive-related shows it was formed in 1963. It stands for the Specialty Equipment Market Association, SEMA, and it also in association with a different type of show that happens at the same time in Vegas, the APEX, which stands for its double A-P-E-X. It's the Automotive Aftermarket Product Expo. And with these events, people from all over the world, in fact, 25% of the attendees come from outside of the United States, but just an incredible uh, gathering of all things automotive products, uh, services, things that are on the horizon, up and coming, new, and uh, with the automotive uh, industry, certainly the aftermarket side, and that's where Apex comes in. They really focus on the original equipment and products which are there to help service the, the vehicles themselves. So a little bit of different approach and, and genre, but uh, it is one of those shows that we actually had our media pass. We had uh, some issues getting uh, getting out there, but we definitely will be there for 2019. Cars of Carlisle will absolutely be represented, and we'll have even some live feeds from there. But uh, I want to just talk a little bit about, before we get into tonight's show, talk a little bit about what it's about. So SEMA, which I talked about forming in 1963, has had some major events within the four days. So SEMA is held every year uh, in Las Vegas, and it brings manufacturers as well as buyers together from all corners of the globe. In fact, uh, each year about 160,000 individuals descend upon Las Vegas for SEMA and of those there are about 3,500 media personnel, journalists, editors, videographers, what have you, podcasters like us here at Cars of Carlisle and 70,000 buyers. All of course enjoying learning and experiencing the 2,400 exhibitors uh, represented by various manufacturing companies. So with that, it does allow these manufacturers to showcase their new products. It gives buyers the chance to get up close and personal to discover what's happening as far as uh, new trends, uh, automotive products, and uh, it is the place for industry professionals to connect, to network, to do business, to plan out and, and create strategic alliances for the upcoming year. So with that, SEMA is, the tra- is a trade-only event that is um, it's the epicenter of where things happen. But interestingly enough, it is not open to the public. So it is one of those by invitation only. One of the really cool things too I've found in doing some research about SEMA and the, and the uh, histor- historical outline of events, back in 2003, they actually created a vehicle proving ground which has been in place ever since. And with this, attendees can firsthand experience up close and personal the exhibitor's products and how they operate and in action. And uh, at that track, it is the only place where vehicles are actually in motion. So it's a pretty cool contribution or addition, if you will, to the whole SEMA concept. 
Okay, so SEMA we know is a four-day event that happens every year in the desert of Las Vegas. But what is it? What is the association about? What do they do? Well, it is really, it's a whole diverse group, if you will, of distributors and publishing companies, retailers, manufacturers, um, street rod uh, builders, you name it, restylers, car clubs. I know that there are race teams and uh, restoration specialists. It's all this this conglomeration of, of various automotive groups and, and hobbies and niches, if you will. But uh, for the most part, the typical SEMA member uh, company is a small, sometimes mid-sized business. They have an owner entering the industry as an enthusiast. Uh, there's a lot of passion behind that, which usually leads to a career in the automotive particular area. Um, so there are a whole host of, of programs that SEMA is directly involved with and uh, ways that those programs and services then are uh, given back to the, the SEMA members themselves, particularly in this aftermarket uh, area. Uh, one of those would be the SEMA Data Co-op and that in fact provides all these companies with the tools that they need um, that helps them with authoring and validating, storing, distributing uh, product data, for instance. Um, it gives them essentially a, a fully comprehensive online data management uh, suite of, of application tools, essentially, and it helps them do their business and manage their products and um, with everything from UPC codes and, and what have you. There's also SEMA Garage. Let's talk about that. In fact, it's it gives members, uh, it's something that's available to not only SEMA members, but also non-members, and uh, it provides access to special uh, high-tech tools to get uh, products from really concept, you know, drawings on a napkin kind of thing, to uh, to really getting it off the ground and uh, into blueprinting, and, and then into CAD drawings, and from there, measurements and prototyping and 3D rendering, and then uh, going through labs and, and uh, all kinds of uh, rigorous testing. So that's really the garage side. There's also SEMA education and that's, uh, think of that more like the professional development, it's the training resources and it can be up to about 100 training, 100 or more training sessions happen throughout the, uh, the week at SEMA each year. But this helps uh, for the most part from a career standpoint and really fostering the new, the next generation of uh, automotive enthusiasts and entrepreneurs and, and uh, those that are going to be developing the uh, auto parts, if you will, of the future. Can't forget uh, Washington, D.C., Capitol Hill. Uh, SEMA has a government affairs uh, whole uh, arm, if you will. And with that, it's uh, the regulatory and legislative side of things that they have a full-time staff in Washington that they continually are on top of uh, trends and uh, where things stand, uh, bills in the house, etc. Um, regulations, anything that would affect SEMA, the membership, auto enthusiasts, the, the industry in general. So they are completely uh, enmeshed in that as well. Along those same lines, there are international programs and this in fact helps members with uh, exporting of uh, their parts to various areas of the world. And that can include China, uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Europe, the Middle East. And with that, uh, during SEMA, they have an export fair. And that uh, really help uh, each of the manufacturers realize the best way to promote, sell, and, and get their products all around the globe. One of the cool things about SEMA is it obviously is a year-round 
incredibly intensive planning, logistical um, coordination, uh, second to none, to make this happen each year. But SEMA is not only, as you heard, very, very active in lobbying and, and being involved in D.C. and with regulation and policy making, but also they have events. And in January, they, for instance, they have a media trade conference. And with that, they bring together editors and editorial staff with uh, parts manufacturers for them to have uh, several days face-to-face -to, -face to actually realize, again, what's happening, what's coming up new for the, the year. They also hold uh, town hall meetings. And with that, these are held throughout the United States, but it gives local and uh, members and non-members companies uh, a chance to really speak to the state of the industry and what's happening with that. Back to Washington DC each spring in May they have a, a rally and with that again it's more face-to-face -face time with legislators and um, time spent with uh, decision makers and policy makers on Capitol Hill. And then for summertime they have uh, a SEMA installation uh, and gala and with this it's a big dinner and they have a celebration with honoring individuals both in the industry and and also uh, from a Hall of Fame inductee standpoint, so they definitely stay uh, very, very active and on the map with things. Uh, they also know how to have fun, which I think is pretty cool too. They have something each year at, on the last day, particularly the last evening of the four-day week. That's when they host something called SEMA Ignited. And not only does SEMA pull, they actually represent 40 uh, industry that is $43 billion large, the aftermarket, but they can put on a good show and a good party. Uh, each year, that last night, they have hundreds of one-of-a-kind custom vehicles on display. Uh, this past year, the 2018 uh, SEMA Ignited party, they had formula drift demonstrations. There was a filming for a national TV special that will be airing on the Velocity Network here in the coming new year, but also a culmination of the SEMA Battle of the Builders competition. That includes more than 250 competitors. They're all competing to try to have the title of the ultimate vehicle builder. This is pretty cool because they also have an entirely new category. This is the young guns. And this is for builders that are of the new generation, relatively new to the industry. And these are individuals, male and female, under 27 years old, which is really great that we're seeing this fresh blood and this new interest coming into this, uh, this hobby and this niche. Um, along with that whole ignited night there are thousands of consumers in there there's celebrities and music and food trucks and just the complete festival atmosphere uh, along with a, a cruise to the, the final destination which is pretty fun I talked to our sponsor at man engineering uh, Gary Liu in fact and he this was uh, the 10th SEMA show that he's been to and he was saying that uh, another great uh, event this year well uh, represented one of the things that and I said what stood out to him when he and I talked just the other day he had mentioned that Toyota had uh, put on a, a display of all six generations of Supras in fact uh, they were all in white which is pretty cool and that goes far back to um, the very very first generation I think the the A40 and that first generation was from 1979 to 82 and then they had right on through they had, so they had the A60 which was 82 to 86 they had uh, where it started to get a little more radical in the super design, the A70 generation, 1986 to 1992, then into the, the super that we know from the Fast and the Furious and just really started to have the, the big um, spoiler on the back, the, the nice rounded eyeballs on it. That was the, uh, the A80 from 93 to 1998. Um, and then, of course, they, this gave them the opportunity then to show the Toyota 
GR Supra racing concept, which uh, sounded pretty amazing. In fact, uh, they had a, a NASCAR Xfinity Series Toyota Supra there, and um, Gary had said that uh, that really stood out, particularly the fact that they had all of them represented in white. It really showed uh, the continuity of that. All right, guys, so this is a bit of a shorter episode. Completely get that, and I don't have my co-driver here with me today. But uh, at the same time, realized with the SEMA event, Wanted to give it a little bit of uh, a little bit of press, a little bit of notice. Uh, it ran from October 30th through November 2nd. Before we got too far into the November month, did not want to uh, to lose sight of again an event that really helps shape a lot of what uh, all of us enjoy and and the fact that we do need aftermarket parts and we do want to do uh, some mods and things to some of our cars. So uh, really critical importance of SEMA with that, but. I promise you there's going to be some really amazing shows just around the corner. We have uh, an interview coming up just in about seven or eight days with Roy Feller. He's a Carlisle native that uh, is an expert with creating some amazing restoration uh, vehicles, particularly resto mods, and uh, he is a Corvette guy, so we're going to be talking with him. Also, there's going to be some really cool international content that we'll be pulling up here in the next three to five days and that'll be on a, a very very soon episode and uh, let's not forget about episode 31 which uh, Holly pitched up just in episode 29 and that is we're still looking for your input if you email us at carsofcarlisle at outlook.com or reach out to us on Instagram we want to hear what are you thankful for everybody has so much going for them, we all have our troubles and tribulations, but uh, a lot to be thankful for. So we want to read some of those Cuber uh, thankful moments on uh, on the air for episode 31. So send those our way, and that'll be going out the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, want to do a special shout out to some of the previous guests and some of the previous episodes. If you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to uh, episode 29, and that's where we talked with Michelle Orth from Brazil. And uh, episode 28 with Joseph Hawkins. That was a great uh, Sunday afternoon of drifting up in the Hazleton, Pennsylvania area. Uh, episode 21, the SECA Autocross. If you haven't had a chance or you're relatively new to Cars of Carlisle, this is uh, the 30th episode. There's so much to go back and listen to with uh, uh, previous content. You'll love uh, some of the some of the great things we've been able to do and talk people we've talked to and the experiences we love sharing with you are, are great fans so don't uh, don't miss those uh, those great elements and oh before I go too, want to mention that uh, we did put the challenge out to everybody we want to triple our subscribers by the 31st of December so what a, an amazing holiday gift if we can make that happen this again is your podcast Holly and I just happen to be in the, in the front seat of that but uh, we want to continue to bring the very, very best to you. So let's uh, continue to get the word out. Share it with three or four of your uh, car buddies, friends, family, maybe while you're hanging out for Thanksgiving or Christmas parties or the office uh, cocktail party, whatever it might be. Uh, mention, mention the podcast. We want to help uh, get the word out to as many corners of the country and world as we possibly can. Uh, at this point, I think we're pretty much at that drive well and be well. Take care.